yeah, what I wanted to do today is review the key milestones that are coming up uh, for Tesla. If anybody wants to join in the conversation, please raise your hand. We can um, get everybody's opinions on each of these milestones as I go through them. So Christian, why don't we get started with you? Um, Q2 earnings came out. Uh, what was the um, what was your reaction to the delivery numbers? And what do you think that happened to the stock today with the sharp drop at the early beginning and then it rose again over the day? What's your interpretation of what happened? Yeah, uh, great question, Herbert. So uh, I'll, I'll just talk about um, in general, yeah, we saw about 255,000. It was kind of in line with the market. But the big thing in there was why June production, right? They said they had a, a record June production. And so I've been, and over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about it, been very bullish, long, you know, short, medium term and long term over the next few months, accumulating shares. And that's what I've been doing today. And just for the record, I bought a lot more shares today in that, in that, in that <laughs> drop. A lot more? Or yeah, a lot more, a lot more sick in that. What was it? It got down to what six forty eight in that six fifty six sixties. I was I was adding my doing my dollar cost averaging in just like I've been talking about, and yeah, we had a nice rally. So I think the market. Um, just to give a, a context for the audience, what yeah. happened today? Yeah. Oil dropped under a hundred. What else happened? The ten year Treasury came down a lot. So now the market is worried less about inflation and more about a recession. So here's the thing. When the market worries about that, what do they want still? They still want growth. So value lagged and they went after growth stocks, right? Google was up. Tesla was up. The Kathy Wood, ARK Innovation was up like 9%, right? All these, the growthier parts of the market outperformed because now the market is worried about growth and they're less worried about long-term inflation. So yeah, and, and Tesla stock rebounded very nicely to close, even in the after hours up a little bit around $700, which is a nice thing to see. And we also saw the 4680 Monroe live. That was amazing. The structural battery pack. So lots of things <laughs> to be excited about. So yeah, that's a little bit of a brief uh, internet. Yeah. So happy to hear that you you threw in a lot more money today. <laughs> that's good. Um, fantastic. So we've got Lincoln and Diana. Diana, we're going to go through each of the upcoming Tesla milestones. I'd like to get your opinion. So any thoughts on the Q2 earnings that came out? Any um, any opinion on that or any? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to share. <laughs> um, I was actually really impressed. Um, you know, look, there's a lot going on. There are shortages of stuff and delays yeah. with getting things right. And then on top of it, you have um, what's going on with uh you know, China shutting down here and there and what, and yet they're still pulling through. Like it's when everything's functioning think about this though, for a second, right. They're still pulling through great numbers. Yeah. When everything gets back to normal, where are they going to be? Right. And that's, that's what really impresses me that they're they're getting over these difficult times and it's not just tesla's having this difficult time welcome to the world right um and supply chain issues are just every you know everybody's just a cluster at the moment and yet they're still pulling through and i'm like wow okay if they're doing this when times are rough what are they going to do when everything's working nice lincoln did you have any comments on that uh, 
Sorry, I'm a little behind the times. I've been camping all weekend, but I did <laughs> see that. I think it's amazing to see that like June is the highest production month like so far. And that's just unbelievable. When like like Dana was saying, everyone's going down, everyone's struggling with this. Like they're they're pushing ahead. And you know, as we know, Elon is just going to he said it's like rapid expansion, right? That's what's going on. It's like just building things up. So um I mean, even though things are, are down a little bit right now, it's overall everything's really good, I think. Yeah, what what do you guys think about the comment somebody made that if you take the June number and you extrapolate it twelve months? We're going to get close to 1.8 plus million dollars, and then somebody else said, "Well, the June numbers are going to be artificially high because there's some um, push push along from the May or April, the three months from before." Do you, do you just let it cry the credence on that? No, because it's production. So it's production in the month. So you know, deliveries is something different. But if they're producing. Now that Berlin and Austin's in, right, they're incremental production. So we still think of that as small. But if they're able to start doing, you know, 20000 a month or something like that, and then they just keep ramping, that that's the operating leverage. That's where, you know, people aren't seeing what seems obvious to me, that they're ramping these two new factories and you're going to get production is literally going to, you know, double within within a year. It's very possible. So. I think that's huge. And just to your milestones thing, I was looking at it, and I, I know you're the milestones guy, Herbert, but yeah. yeah, each milestone, they're all great stuff. But here's the way I look at your milestone thing. Each yeah. one in itself is like a little, little like um, snowflake. But when you check them all off, it turns into one gigantic snowball, right? So you, when all these things start developing and all these, all these beautiful things that you got going, once they all get checked off, you you just have a monster of a company, so I, I love your checklist. Well, yeah, just to comment on that, um, what I've noticed, and I look back in the previous years with regards to milestones like this, and the ones that are true catalysts, the ones that truly impact the stock, is primarily the Q, the quarterly earnings. When you look back in last year and the year before, um, you can see these product announcements, um, these reveals of these new you know, cars and so forth. And you'll see a bump, but then it dies away quite quickly. The analysts basically in the financial world, they don't really pay a lot of attention to demos and product reveals, but it's the quarterly numbers because that's that's real dollars that are showing. And as you show that every quarter keeps rising, and then, you know, conviction to Tesla keeps going up. And that's the other reason why the all-time low almost always happens in the first quarter, and then the all-time high for that year happens in the last few quarters. Because for a growth company like Tesla, that's proving that they have legs, they have manufacturing, they're able to sell, and every quarter that keeps rising, they're able to prove that. So, yeah, when I see this milestone list, there's these ones that are very, um, it's the quarterly earnings that matter most. But then there's a few, and we'll talk about them, which ones that we think are going to be catalysts. So I have Q2 earnings with record revenue. That's the words I put in, because (laughs) the last five quarterly earnings were all record revenue. But it's not going to happen, right, guys? What's your uh, expectation for profit, record, and, and revenue? No, it's not going to happen this quarter, Herbert. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing. Let me let me high level it for the room. And this is what we were talking about. And this is where I think you're getting better at. The stock functions differently from the business. So remember when everything was doom and gloom and everyone's talking about 
well, it's the 400s and the 500s. And what was I saying? Look, it could happen, but it, it seems like that's going to be less likely as we go into record Q3 and Q4s. Okay, so is everyone... Stop. Repeat what you just said. Repeat that again. You think it's less likely that the Tesla stock will fall down to the 500s. Right. A couple of weeks, that was the ongoing thing. Everybody's waiting for their, their perfect price, right? 550. And I was saying, no, you should be happy the price where it's at now, if you love it for the long term, you need to get in now because there's no guarantee it's going to get to those levels. So I'll just articulate this point real quick. The reason I was saying that is because once Q2 is discounted, the stock market's a discounting mechanism. And some investors, especially new ones, get confused. They're going to wait thinking Q2 is going to suck because it's not going to be a record revenue. It's not going to be a record profit. And the stock will tank. That's not how it works. Because what will happen is that's already known in the market. And as Q3 comes and these factories ramp up and the market understands that, they're going to look past that. And as the stock starts to move up, even if it be slowly, you see other people waiting. Oh, I was waiting for that 550. And now here we are at 700, which becomes 750. And everybody's like, oh, my God, this thing's getting away from me. And then they got to go chase it. Right. And 750 becomes 800. So this is the psychology that I've been warning about over the last few weeks. And it's kind of playing out a little bit again. We don't know exactly what's going to happen, but this is just one of the things I've been talking about. Okay. So the print numbers came out a few days ago, and then we're expecting that the Q2 earnings without record revenue, <laughs> it's going to happen in July 20th. I think they already announced that. So July 20th. So when that comes out, is there going to be an impact to the stock? Do you guys think that there's some sort of um, catalyst one way or the other, or it's just nothing's going to happen really? It's built in. So I'll take it if, if no one's going to. Uh, so basically, Herbert, it's what we said before. And I heard you say this too. So guidance, it doesn't matter what the print is. As long as the print is in line with, with profits, to, you know, on the revenue and the margins are decent, it's going to be what they guide. If they say that we're on pace for Q3 and Q4 to be records and we're going to get close to that. 1.4 to 1.5 million dollar area that 50 percent growth the market to me will receive that as all green clear that the guidance is going to be the key in my opinion the actual print won't matter it's what they say it's what they talk about moving forward is going to be way more important and so i like what the hero what other people have to say but that i think it's the guidance is the key I'll ask Lincoln to join in, but before he does that, I'm going to comment that Jeffrey Lutz wasn't able to join today's call. But in the last call, he said that when the print numbers come out two days ago, which it did two or three days ago, he said sometimes they have a little line because I, I was questioning him. I said, normally those are just production numbers. They're not, they're not any kind of guidance. But he said sometimes they do, and that's exactly what happened. They actually said June is our highest producing month, and that gave everyone is the, the buoyancy and the excitement. Um, Lincoln, were you going to say something? No, no, no. Christian, like, I'm not, I, Christian's the finance guy. I listen to him. <laughs> I trust what he's saying. <laughs> okay. So that so the Q2 earnings are going to come out. It's all July 20th. It's about the guidance that they have. The next big potential catalyst is a stock split. So August 4th, um, there's going to be the annual shareholder meeting where they're going to approve the split should we even bother asking the question what's the likelihood that the split's gonna the approval's gonna happen or is that a done deal everybody's gonna vote and it's gonna be just fine and then the split approval august 4th the stock split itself is gonna happen august 22nd 
And in those three weeks, um, the last time it happened, it went up by 80%. So what does the group here think and expect uh, with what's going to happen this time, given the macro that we have? So it's a, it's a done deal. I mean, it's going to get approved. And I think it will be a catalyst. If you look at Amazon, even Google, Google's going to split July 15th. They're going to go 20 for one. Google stock was up big today. So usually about that 10, 15 days before it actually is going to happen, you see a little bit of a rally in those shares. And I don't see why it wouldn't happen with Tesla too. People just positioning, you know, expecting a little bounce, you'll get some buying. And, you know, I don't think we're going to see an 80% gain, but I definitely see we, we, we can definitely get a nice move in the stock price as a little mini catalyst. But I, I would expect it to be around a, a 10 to 15% bump, not like a, a major bump like we saw before in a bull market. But in this environment, I still think we can, you know, pop up into the you know 800 area. Okay. Diana, do you have any thoughts on the stock split? Are you excited about it? Or is it something that I'm um, excited you... about it? Like I'm with Christian on that. I think it's a done deal. It's going to happen. Um, I, I concur with what he said. There's going to be a bump, but like, it we're, we're not we're not at a place where we're gonna i don't think we're gonna see an 80 percent jump but you know i could see a 20 percent. you guys are talking like as if there is no war in russia and ukraine right now are you guys have forgotten about that is that a is that already a forgotten thing or no that was xander's mm -hmm. play so yes, i was. So my thing is yes macros headwinds until it's not the last couple of weeks, that's what I've been talking about. I said yeah, yeah. sentiment sentiment is bad till it's not, right? You see, and I I gave you some key levels to look at. And yeah. and are you looking at them? Ten-year treasury <laughs> coming down. It was at what? 280. This is important. 280, which is making growth stocks look more attractive, right? If you need growth, you're gonna go find the growth because now yields are coming in, right? No one wants to go buy a 280 again. You want to go buy some growth stocks. And then the other thing, oil. Oil, 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 oil under 100. That's important because that shows about inflation. If inflation's starting to roll over, you see wheat, corn, commodities all coming down a lot. You see lumber rolling over, right? We see the housing market, you know, cooling off a little bit. So these are all good signs for the medium term that inflation is peaking and starting to come down. Now, I don't know for sure if inflation peaked. I'll say that. But a lot of signs are pointing that way. And oil which coming under 100 is a big, you know, contributor to inflation. So these are all good things that could help the market, you know, get the bottoming process getting ready for, for liftoff here. So, yeah, you know, is it yeah. is it fair to say that inflation is the more important, the more the more problematic one that if it's runaway inflation, there's not much the Fed can do to manage that. But if it's now just a recession, that's actually something that you know, that's able to be controlled and managed, or are they both pretty bad and you just don't know which way it's going to go and they're both going to impact? Like, if there was a if there was a runaway inflation, could Tesla stock continue to rise? But if it's a if it's a massive recession, could Tesla stock be able to rise? And in my thought that recession, yes, Tesla stock can overcome that, but maybe not inflation. Yeah, I agree with you. So so look at it like this. Um, inflation is the bigger problem. If inflation can start to come down, I think something like Tesla stock could handle recession. Here's why. Recession is bad for some stocks, just regular, ordinary, run-of-the-mill value stocks, like, you know, stocks that, uh, like, uh, 
let's say like a Home Depot or a Lowe's, you know, a recession might hurt those type of plays because everyone's tightening their belts. Their demand isn't quite there. But something like Tesla, we know they have six month, 12 month backlogs and they can't keep up with the the demand, right? The production. So even in a, a mild to even severe recession, they have a year worth of, you know, demand. And, and some people will cancel, but they have so many people that will step in front of that, that th- for the next six months, it's like clear ceiling to sell every car they make. So in that environment, Tesla can overcome a slight recession, but it's harder in the inflation piece because most people in an inflationary environment, especially if the tenure starts to go higher, they'll, they'll discount those growth stocks more. So that's why it's key that tenure is coming down because you're discounting Tesla less, which makes their stock look look better and more more attractive to buy. If that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Great. All right, I invited Warren to be speaker, but he's not yet there. I might be cooking like he always does around this time. Uh, okay, let's move on to the. Those are the stock split, and, and is sounds like everybody's pretty um, optimistic about this. And if it stays to be recession and not inflation. And if, of course, the war is the, you know, who knows what's going to happen to that. Right. But um, we're moving along. Tesla. I mean, hey, Herbert. Sorry, it's Tesla Herbert. I'm used to calling you sometimes. Uh, um, <laughs> you can I call just, me Herbert, buddy. You're yeah, my friend. <laughs> so um, just a side note, like I was just noticing today, I was like, I, you know, I got kids. I'm busy and stuff. I don't I don't even read the news a lot. And sometimes yeah. and I'll look at the headlines sometimes. And I obviously pay attention to Tesla and Elon. But um when I look at the headlines, I've noticed like Ukraine's not even up there anymore. In most mm. most places, I look at news, and I was thinking to him, like, wait, is the war even still going? Like, and I think that's mm-hmm. a, I think a lot of people, it's like just on the back burner for now. And I don't, I don't know, I don't think it has a big like psychological impact anymore as it did. But this is just my thoughts. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Hey, Warren, I know that you're long, long term investors. So does do you care or don't even really give a lot of you know? have your, your mental share, mind share into the Q2 earnings, which I'm sure you probably do, but the stock split, um, does that matter to you at all? Stock split doesn't matter. Uh, Q2 earnings, I'm not too worried about. Christian was talking about uh, recession and then he mentioned hyperinflation, but I don't, or inflation, but I don't think he really dove into that. I agree with Christian about, you know, the, the what happens in a recession. I think if we have a hyperinflation, then you know, what happens to Tesla stock is the, the least of our concerns. Hyperinflation is like an apocalypse. So, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> there's a lot more things to worry about in a hyperinflation than what happens to your Tesla stock. And sorry, you don't care about the stock split? Like it doesn't, not a big deal at all to you? Does not it, part of your equation? Does it have, so what I care about is the long-term production, the long-term uh, profits of the company. Stock split just means I have, Three, if I if I have uh, thirty shares of the stock now that are worth, well, let's say if I if I have one share of the stock now that's worth seven hundred dollars, when you do a stock split, I have three shares that are worth seven hundred dollars. So what difference does it make to me as a shareholder? It, it has a trivial, a small, maybe non-trivial impact in terms of how they can hire employees and compensate employees with stocks. But outside of that, I don't see it being a particularly meaningful. There's a reason why they do it, and I don't. I'm not going to claim I understand it, but it's not a needle mover like getting 4680 cell production ramped or getting FSD working. Okay, thank you. Hey, Sat, welcome. Uh, what's your thoughts on the Q2 earnings and the stock split? 
Hey, uh, I think it was really good numbers considering the situation, but I was not surprised how the market reacted that it was a lower number and they reacted negatively for what half the day. <laughs> you you didn't expect that it was going to fall in the first half. I thought that was pretty obvious. It was going to do that. Yeah, but it, it came back up, but it just, yeah. the reaction was a lot bigger than I thought. But then the market always does um, this kind of things because they actually don't know what's going on in context. Um, I think they recovered pretty well in terms of Q2 um, production and deliveries. Um, granted, they're almost about, well, almost a month out that they're in lockdown for that whole factory. So it's pretty good numbers. I think the stock split, any stock split that will help with um, with the uh, option trading stuff. So, but I don't think it'll be as big as before. So the impact is minimal. Uh, I think it's because the price was so depressed. Um, if it was happening last end of last year, I, I'm pretty would have been a much bigger uh, split. You know, it would have had a bigger impact. Um, but primarily, it's for the employee compensation. So, but for I mean, myself or other people with options, it becomes a little bit easier to do. So in that sense, it has a temporary benefit for the stock. Okay, wonderful. All right, the next um, milestone that we have here is investment grade credit rating. So this is, you know, I think we've heard Alexandra, who used to work for the S&P, and we've got Gary Black, who are both projecting this to happen in August. Um, I can review everything about this, but... Uh, just quickly, what do you guys are you guys thinking that is this a, a catalyst at all or not at all? It would be a catalyst in my eyes because fund managers who are barred from investing below a certain investment grade, if they're able to bring it, that would have a bigger impact because they can actually include it into the funds. Anybody else? Yes, that's right. Um, investment grade, there's there's a lot of funds that are prohibited from buying stocks that don't have that investment grade uh, rating. So that would allow more um, buyers to come into Tesla stock and that, you know, more buyers equals, you know, price could go higher because you have more demand for the shares. And the only other thing I agree with Warren with a lot of things. The one thing I disagree with him is the hyperinflation point. And I know he's been saying for 10 years, it's coming, and he may be right, and I may be wrong, but it looks like as oil comes down, as commodities are rolling over, as the five-year break-evens are down more now to 270, the bond market right now is saying hyperinflation is not coming because the bond market, one of the biggest markets in the world, is being bought, which is pricing yields down. If the market was worried about hyperinflation, it, it wouldn't have went from 3.5% to 2.8%, it would have went from 3.5% to 5 or 6%. So they may be wrong. Maybe the bond market's wrong, but the market right now is telling you that hyperinflation is not the worry. They're more worried about recession. Okay. So in regards to investment grade credit rating, the concern I have with that one is that with Q2 earnings, coming out and not having as obviously a, re a revenue, a record revenue, it's still going to be pretty significant. But what matters is their um, EBITDA. So their profit has to be over 18%. And is there any chance at all that they're not going to hit over 18% in EBITDA? Anybody comment about that? No? 
Okay. I think, I think Herbert, that's a good question, but I think everyone knows it's not going to be record revenue and record profit. I think the key thing for Tesla stock right here, and again, we're, we're just ch chatting and having fun. Long term, of course, it's, it's a great company and it's going to do very well. But in the short term, I think it's less about the Q2 numbers. It's going to all be about the guidance because we know yeah. that Tesla has the demand and they're going to do records. But the market, not all the market participants know. They think recession means Tesla demand for expensive cars goes down. But we know because we're we're savvy investors that that's not the case. So once the rest of the market picks up on that, you can you can see it go higher. So I think the numbers really for Q2 are irrelevant. It's the guidance that'll key. I was talking about investment grade credit rating for the S&P and, and oh, Moody's yeah, yeah. to give you but that. You have to adjusted EBITDA for Q2. I think if it comes in line, it's fine. I don't think it yeah. it's going to matter that much, to be honest, because everyone knows Q2's got the Bitcoin impairment in there. It's got about $450 million that they got to write down. It's just a mess. Q2 is a mess financially for Tesla. That's why I'm saying I think they're going to keep key on the guidance. What do they say about Q3 and Q4? But for investment grade credit rating, it could be another excuse for S&P to push it because they're going to say that, you know, right, th there's so much volatility. We're still not sure your guy, your your production numbers aren't yet settled. And that's just another reason, excuse for them to push it. So it may not happen in August, but right now, that's what Gary Black and um, Alexander are, are estimating it to be. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Like, it's, it's an excuse for them to just keep dragging their feet. Absolutely. You're 100 yeah. percent right. Okay. Okay. And the next one is um, the AI day and Tesla bought demo, both of these scheduled for September 30th. So what's going to happen to, as a catalyst for the company, the, what if they showed an incredible Tesla bought demo? Amazing. Just blows everybody away. Do you guys expect that that's going to cha change the trajectory of the Tesla stock or not at all? Yes. We disagree, Herbert, on this. Mm -hmm. I think if they show a robot that's doing stuff, the market is definitely going to say, whoa, what do they got cooking here? I, I think that's a catalyst. I know all their other demos have been kind of lackluster, but this one's a little different. This isn't battery day, them talking over everyone's head. This isn't Cybertruck, you know, a car, a car that might come out four years from when they did the event. This is a robot actually... You know, they say um, the eyes are, are worth everything. If I could see it, if they can see a robot doing something, even though there's no revenue going to be derived from it anytime soon, if they think in the future that Tesla can do something and they could see it visually like, wow, that, you know, that I think will could be a catalyst. I could be completely wrong. But in my in my estimation, if he shows and, and Elon said this, an epic, epic AI day. So I don't know what Epic means to him, but Epic sounds like really good stuff. So if he shows a robot performing even menial tasks, I, I think it could be a, a good thing. Okay. Yeah, and I think we, we talked about it. I disagree with you. I, AI Day is targeted at recruitment of intelligent you know, software developers. It's going to go over all of our heads like AI Day 1 did. Um, they're going to show a Tesla bot demo more to try to get more developers to join on board. And every time a company, you know, that says a massive, amazing demo of a product, you don't see the stock jumping crazy. Um, I, I have to look into this, but I wonder what happened when iPhones, the iPhone came out in 2007. 
if the Apple stock jumped. I certainly got excited. I certainly invested a lot of money, but I don't know if everybody did at the same time at the, that period. But Anybody else have any comments on that? Hey, Ash? Warren? Sorry, okay. I'm, 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 I'm not paying full attention. What was the question? Yeah, so AI Day and Tesla bot demo, do you think that's going to be a catalyst for the stock? Um, I think it should be a catalyst for the stock, but I think it won't be. Wall Street never gets it. Whenever, you, whenever Tesla has an event like Battery Day or AI Day or Autonomy Day, Wall Street completely misses the point. Even Gary Black misses the point. Um, we're probably going to be wowed. Those of us who are inside are being like, oh, my God, look at this. This is crazy. You know, Dojo's up and running. Will Wall Street get that? No. no. Um, you know, look, there's a working bot. And the, the bot will be a clunky, pale shadow of what Wall Street wants the bot to be. And they'll be like, oh, that's a piece of crap. And, like, and James Dalma is going to be like, holy crap, did you see what that thing did? And we're all going to be like, okay, okay, we get it now. Wall Street won't get it. Um, Maybe FSD goes into wide release. Maybe we're, we get version 11 of FSD. Maybe we learn hard, we see hardware for uh, all these great things will be there and Wall Street will go yawn. They just don't get it. They, 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 we have a long history of Wall Street not getting it. The stock can very well go down after AI Day too. What, what are people's expectations of the bots? Um, some people think that they delayed it because they're not quite ready. Um, I've shared my opinion that I, I'm kind of bullish and I think that they delayed it because they wanted wow and they wanted to do something very cool and wonderful. Are you? And then normally when Tesla does a prototype, Tesla's prototypes are often the, act, the real product that's going to be produced. So they're not just going to show something just for wow, you know, just for demonstration's sake. This is close. I mean, there'll be changes to it, but it's, it's close to what will be produced. But are people yeah. really excited? Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, I'm mainly excited because I, I don't know what to expect. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't expect a clunker, right? I mean, we know that's not how they do things. Um, so it, it will be sleek. It will be able to do some pretty awesome things. I expect, I can't imagine them coming out with anything with anything else. Cause you know, people are going to be watching cause Elon's been talking about this for a long time now and like hyping it up big time about how it's kind of the future of tesla right so they i don't think they they, they gotta be careful on how they how they present it um but i'm really excited because i don't i just really don't know i, I really don't know what to expect and I'm, I'm really excited about it i think it'll be cool i agree with you lincoln you, you said something there that's right it's right they don't they won't show something because this is so critical to their path they will just delay it, which can happen. They can definitely push off and we're all excited for September 30th and nothing will happen because of what you just said. They don't want to do something unless it's really going to wow. Ash, are you here? I know that you've been saying that you think the bot's going to come out and it's going to be fully conscious on the day one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. Sorry, I was actually like his car. Working, like her car. Uh, I, I was working with Starlink at the park and then it started raining, so I had to pick up real quick. And uh, yeah, so um, now I'm on my way home. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I'm a young millennial. I haven't been watching the market except for outside of Tesla. I kind of do agree with Warren on this, where it's like, well, I don't think they understand any of this. I don't think that, like, they'll realize, um, you know, machine sentience and how important that is. Uh, 
So yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah. And like, I fully expect Dojo to be launched as well on the same day. I think that it's going to be quite an embarrassment. I don't imagine that they're going to call AI Day 2 a year later. AI Day 1, they said, oh, there's this thing called Dojo Supercomputer. We're working on it. And then AI Day 2 comes, goes, oh, it's not quite yet ready. We're still going to work. We're still work. I, I, it just doesn't make sense for me that they would do that. So, you know, Dojo comes. What does that mean? You know, could there be another big uh, statement like FSD is now done? They can't just pull that in front of our eyes because we all know that it's nowhere, nowhere near that, right? Can you repeat that? What were you, asking, what were you saying about Dojo, Herbert? I was just saying that, um, so AI Day is September 30th, and that it would it would be, it would be a real shocker if they did not also say that Dojo is now live and is being used by okay. their AI team. Well, it would I be think a real that, embarrassment. Yeah, I don't know how big of a deal Dojo really is going to be because if you remember, Elon said, like, we're going to get it done. It should be done like what next year or something if they want to use it. Like they may not. It may actually not yes. be what they want to use. The engineers may feel it's better with how they're going. So we don't really know. Oh, that's Dojo, Dojo is probably already up and running, and that's why a whole bunch of uh, uh, labelers were laid off, because Dojo mm. made them irrelevant. Why, why else do you think they laid off? All labelers are like, you know, labeling is a really, really important part of getting FSD to work and getting bot to work. Why do you think they were able to lay off a bunch of labelers? Because the auto labeling is up and running, and that means Dojo is probably up and running. I, I tend to believe that yeah, that's be. probably true. Yeah. And I love all the commentary here. And I'll, you know, I'm a market guy. So let me just throw in a little bit market perspective. The fact that the bears think it's going to be a dud September 30th. And the fact that all the bulls think it's going to, the market's going to, it's going to, not going to do anything. I am more bullish that it actually is going to do something. Cause when everybody's on one side, usually the opposite <laughs> happens. So all I right. Love well, it. Why don't you and I have a little bet? I like to make these little bets with people. Farzan might owe me two yeah, dinners. Yeah. I bet after the, it'll, it, it, yeah, I think okay. it's going to be. Well, a what do you want to say? Like uh, the day after well, or the week after? The day after it would be uh, green. 10%? Oh, green. Come on. It's got to well, be like. I don't know. Let's say. Uh, Three to eight percent, three to eight percent. That's a nice move. That's All right, Christian. I, I want to hear what do you think will happen on AI Day Two that will be significant and impressive to Wall Street? So, in my again, this is just my opinion. Elon said they're hoping to have some type of prototype ready for the day. He's been talking about it. So, my guess is they're going to have something. Now, I know Wall Street doesn't get anything. I, I get all that, but just that being said. If he can demonstrate, I don't know what it's going to look like. It might look, it might look cool. It might do some things that maybe we haven't seen before. He might put a little demonstration that really wows people. And when people get wowed and they could see it visually, they might say, "Wow, I got to invest in this company. This is the future. They're going to, you know, we're going to see this in a couple of years. I want to get in on this now on the ground floor." So all I'm saying is be open minded to the fact that some people especially some people, some funds or some people with a lot of money might see that and say, wow, they're really going to do this thing. I, I can see it now. And they might put funds to work in anticipation of that future event. That's just my opinion. Okay. So I just want to say what I think is going to happen with bot. Um, well, bot. There will be a demonstration of bot. It will not be spectacular, but it will do certain things in a way. In other words, the, the reason why I mentioned James Dowman is because it's not that it will do like, 
the media the media the next day will say oh boston dynamics robots are so much more capable than tesla's bot tesla's bot is a real disappointment and what they'll be missing is that boston dynamics robots are programmed every step of the way where tesla bot they will give it a command in an, in an, an environment and it will attempt to do something in that environment without specific coding and that is what's going to be really amazing is it's going to be using the equivalent of the maybe probably the the hardware four chip. That's probably what's that's probably why we're going to see the hardware four chip is because the hardware four chip is going to be in bot, right? We're going to see that it's going to be able to use its machine learning to do a task that a Boston Dynamics robot would take programmers ten weeks to program to do. And Wall Street won't get the distinction, and the media won't get the distinction. But James Dalma will explain it to us the next day on Dave Lee. <laughs> that for sure, I can bet on it. So, okay, Christian, seven percent. Okay, if it doesn't jump seven percent the next day, uh, you'll only okay. This is not a fair bet. It should be green or green versus red. That's all it needs to be. Yeah, green versus red. Right. If it's a dot. Oh. It should go red. If like I'm saying, it's going to be green. That means uh, the market one dollar is green. No, no, it's got to go up. No, forget yeah, it. Yeah, but according to you and everyone else, when they put these events on the stock tanks the day after, I'm saying I didn't say tanks. I said it does it goes not jump. It goes down. It go. It typically goes down the day after. Right, give, me, give me this, Herbert. The stock will be up over. Two, I'm gonna look. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Over two percent. Over two percent. Fine, fine. Let's see that dinner. Price of a dinner, okay? <laughs> I think right. Christian's being overly generous here. I know. Okay. Yeah, but that's okay. All right. So uh, the next one up is Q3 earnings with record I revenue. I think Lincoln had something he wanted to say. Oh, okay. No, no, I'm good. Thanks. Sorry. Okay. So Q3 earnings is October. So now we finished a whole quarter. Share of the split approval, investment grade credit rating, AI day two, the Tesla bot demo, Dojo coming on live maybe. And then the Q3 earnings will be announced. Uh, the, you know, well, well, that first you'll have the print of the production and delivery uh, October 2nd or something like that. And then October 20th, around that time, we'll see the actual earnings call. And barring China shutdown, Shanghai shutdown, some people are concerned that that might still be in the case. I, I thought we heard some some people saying or some articles written that there's the so semiconductor chips is back now. Is that is that right? Did I read that wrong? That there are there are semiconductor companies that are starting to see uh, yeah. that they're facing a glut that they 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 have more chips than they need and they're they're going to start seeing pricing pressure on their chips. So the chip shortage. So the thing is, it's true for some chips, not for all chips. So in some areas, the, the chip shortage is over, but there are probably still chips that are still in shortage. Okay. But if Q3 comes out, the numbers, and if everything goes going well, what's going to happen to the stock? It's going to go up big time. Tesla, <laughs> Tesla delivers 400,000 vehicles in Q3. In the no, <laughs> that's not going to happen, Warren. It's not going to be 400,000. Why not? I, I think three hundred seventy to three hundred eighty in the back. Tesla or Lincoln? Did you say it's going to be close? You think it's going to be there? I said it could be close. Yeah, oh. I mean they've ramped up, had production levels record, and they're they're going to they're going to keep pushing forward. You know, so maybe despite, the rate will increase. I don't know. Despite the two week shutdown in both Berlin and uh, Shanghai, is that projected to come up? 
Shanghai is going to be producing 22,000 a week. In 10 weeks, that's 220,000 vehicles from one out of four factories. That's absolutely right. And Herbert, you have to remember that they came in with a 255 print. They probably lost like 100,000 cars to that Shanghai lockdown. They could have came in at 350, right? So think of that. 310, 350, third quarter easily can do 370, 380. And Warren might be right. They might approach 400. Maybe they hit it. I, you know, I'm, a, I, I'm optimistic. But I we'll saw see. the number at lost in Shanghai in the last couple of months was 70,000, not 100,000. But uh, it could be wrong. No, no, no. They're, they're, they're shutting down the factory right now to yeah. revamp the factory so they can increase the production rate to 22,000 right. a week. Correct. Right? That's the plan. Yeah. That's what that, that's what we heard. So 22,000 a week, 10 weeks would be 200. Suppose they only produce 200,000 out of Shanghai. Then the other three factories only have to produce 200,000 vehicles in a quarter. Right? So Fremont delivers 100,000. Berlin and Texas deliver 50,000 each, and you're there. I think Fremont does better than 100,000 in a quarter. So Fremont does 120,000. Uh, Berlin and Texas do 40,000 apiece. You're there. So why is 400,000 such a magic number? So 400,000 a quarter times it's four, not. assuming it's times flat, that's only 1.6 a year. I We want to hear 2 million a year. No, but Berlin and Texas are still ramping and Shanghai's got another factory coming online and Fremont's right. still growing. That's I mean, just Q where they are now. Yeah, Q4 will blow out Q3. Q4 will probably be, could be close to 450. So then you're going to run rate, then you're getting your 2 million. I think another interesting question is when do they start building the the second Shanghai factory? Has any? Yes. I, I I don't think they've started building it yet, but I think we know there's a second Shanghai factory coming. So when do we see the beginnings of that? Because we know roughly ten months, ten to eleven months after they they put the first shovel in the ground, there can be Model Threes and or Model Ys rolling out of that factory, unless that's the first Robo Taxi factory. Absolutely. And Herbert, going back to um. I think it was closer to 100,000. You have to remember, they start, stopped a couple of times. Then they stopped for almost a month. The, you know, that start stopping, they got to re, re, redo everything. It really sets them back. So it wasn't just the production loss in that time. It was the starting, stopping, yeah. starting, yeah. then stopping. You know, it caused a lot of confusion. And you got to remember, they the China was shut down, which um, Berlin is getting a lot of their, their parts from China. Same thing with uh, Austin. The 2170s, Elon said this, they had to get wait for the ship, which was stuck in China, to get the 2170s because of the slow 4680 ramp. Now they got the 2170s in Austin. Now they can kind of move that up a little bit, that ramp. So they were waiting on that. So China, not only did it affect Shanghai, it affected Berlin and it affected Austin. So it probably was closer to that $100,000 car. I mean, $100,000 volume of car. Wow. For somebody who's all about the finance, you sure know a lot about manufacturing. <laughs> so, you did good, Christian. Thank you. I try. <laughs> wow. Okay. So I do think Q3 is going to, as I've been saying, that earnings calls usually when we see a pop. And it's not only, the beautiful thing about the earnings is when they do a record kind of number, it's not just they pop that day or that week. It's You'll see it rise for the next several months afterwards. It's a really nice catalyst for it to make that next leap up. Um, I do think that Q3 earnings is probably one of those that can do this if they hit it out of the park. Um, okay, so next one is Tesla Energy. So 
Tesla Energy Ventures was approved in 2021 uh, in, in, um, in, in, as to be a retail electricity provider, a virtual power plant. And so that allows them to kind of store the energy and sell it when prices are high. And then they, the, and so now, you know, this is, um, they were approved to, to go to, 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 to be a approved retail energy provider, electricity energy provider in Texas. So the next potential catalyst will be sometime in Q4 that they announce that Texas is actually live uh, or that they have uh, moved Tesla energy to another state. So if this happens, do you guys think that this is a catalyst for the stock? Wait, I'm confused. What was Energy Ventures? Is that different than Megapack and Powerwall and Solar? Yes, this is a, a very different thing. This is now the ability for, in Texas, Tesla as Energy Ventures being able to be a retail electricity provider. I don't, I don't, I don't know enough about that to comment. Sorry. So Herbert, I know. I think I know what you're talking about. Like the virtual power plant, where yes, they they file to be like a. I don't know all the ins and out of it either, so I can't. I'm not you know uh, well versed in it, but absolutely, I don't think it'll be a catalyst. It's just one of those things down the line um, that could be you know very impactful as people become more aware of it. Now I will say that uh, Elon did say on the Q1 call that energy, you know, they're still everything is going into the cars mainly, but that the energy business would you know, pretty much double this year coming off a low base, but, but still double, maybe triple if, if, if they really pursue it. But I don't think that's the main catalyst or, or, you know, they're very cool and long-term, of course, energy could be huge, but I think in the short term, when I mean short term, six to 12 months, I still think the business is all going to be about FSD manufacturing, you know, volume of units that, that is going to take, take the day. And, but here's a little thing that you have, I don't know if you've mentioned it, insurance, Insurance now, they said by the end of the year, they want to be pretty much in all the states, pretty much where Teslas are. And I think right now, maybe we're in nine. That nine. could be a really nice business. Yep. All right. Dylan, did you have a question you want to ask? Are you still connecting? Okay. While he's connecting, hey, let's continue. What? What's that? Wait, was that... Um... In terms of the 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 the, the permits stuff they're getting with energy, is that for just local users, like for people, personal people with their power walls? Are they talking about like mega packs building those around the country? What, I think that I think it's both. becoming a, it's like becoming utility. Yes, it's like become it's like competing with the other utilities. So they're talking about putting major mega packs all around then. No, th but they're also using. Go ahead. Sorry. All right. Well, they're, and they're yeah, they they could use like these million mile battery cars too, right? I mean, and you could even use your car battery for that, possibly. No, it's not. Yes. It's not B to G. It might be virtual power well, plants, but I think it's it's utilities. It's it's competing with peaker plants and and other sources of electricity okay. to supply electricity to the grid. I think that's what Herbert's talking about. Right, but I didn't know if Warren that was on like personal power walls and that's using everybody's power walls in like I'm in Utah. All right, they need extra. We got this many power walls. We can supply this much, so we can sell it for this much, and everyone who has that power wall gets money. Unless, yeah, I think that's like distributed it's energy in the home. It's power walls in the home, I believe. Yeah, yes, that's what I think. That's what okay. I thought so too. You're right, Lincoln. That's what I think it is too. 
But the big thing is that they're acting like a utility and they can sell it back to. So the people who use it during low, low, low prices, but they sell it back when it's high prices. Yeah. So what they call a virtual power plant. Yeah. Did anybody See, talk about the uh, mega, did anybody talk about the mega pack factory in Lathrop, California? When is that yeah. going online or deliver? That was already online. And so I had it for Q4 and then uh, and then Omar told me, oh, no, that's live. And I said, what do you mean it's live? Nobody made an announcement because they had they had, uh, you know, put the shovel to the ground a year ago and I was expecting it to be announced. And he said, no, it's actually in the in the earnings report. So it went live in April 20th. Lathrop uh, Mega Factory battery right. plant is already producing mega packs. <laughs> Nobody even knows it. Uh, okay, so well, who do we have here? Uh, did we lose? Yeah, we did. Okay, uh, next one up is um, forty six eighty in scale production. So, what is scale production? Um, what What do you guys think it is? Brian from uh, My Tesla Weekend, he said to me that if it's 2000 a week, that he'd consider that scale production. 2000 what? Uh, 4680s. The vehicles or the batteries? The batteries. 2000 a week is nowhere near enough. 2000 a week is, yeah, is two cars. Each car yeah, uses 1000 cells or 800. Okay, and maybe he's talking vehicles. I think he meant 2000 units of 4680s cars moving. Yeah. So, um, the, look, the ultimate goal for that mega pa that uh, battery factory in Texas is 100 gigawatt hours a year, and probably more in the future because they they always under they always uh, sandbag that. So, you know, if they get, you know, every gigawatt hour is uh, what is that like? Ten thousand vehicles, or is that a is that? Yeah, I think every gigawatt hour is 10,000 vehicles if they're 100 gigawatt hour packs. It's probably more like 15,000 vehicles per gigawatt hour. So, you know, a year. So if they get to 10 gigawatt hours, that's 150,000 vehicles, right? That's a rough ballpark guess. Um, and 10 gigawatt hours is one-tenth of where they're going to get to in the long run. So you know, that's going to be a good question. What's the run rate of... I've asked that question. I, that question, I asked that question at the last shareholder, uh, at the last earnings call, and it was asked, and they didn't answer. Um, there were two questions that were asked about 4680 run rate or something like that, and they didn't give an answer to that question. But um, I'm guessing Cato Road is probably getting close to 10 gigawatt hours because they've been working for a long time. That's, that, I mean, that's, that's like one of the big questions. How is 4680 production going? How close are they to getting... To, you know, volume production would be 10 gigawatt. You know, full full scale production in, in Cato Road at Fremont would be 10 gigawatt hours, and full scale production in Texas and Berlin would be 100 gigawatt hours. Berlin hasn't even started. I don't think the battery factory yet. Yeah, so Texas that's that's volume production. That's full. What 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 is it? Scale production. When do you consider? And it, does that matter? Does does do no. should we be tracking scale production? And do people gonna think that that's gonna change the stock at all? Probably not. But us geeks, I, I, don't know, I don't know what scale means, but if you produce a 10 gigawatt hours of batteries, you got 150,000 vehicles or 120,000 vehicles, depending on how big your pack is. Yeah, that sounds odd. Um, yeah. So I would say I would say being able to produce 150,000 a year of 4680 model Ys, that's scale. That's not a, that's yeah, not that's a hot. Not, yeah. That's not that's 4,000 a year. 
No, you're right, Warren. That's absolute scale. So if they get to that, that that's scale. Yeah. But I think right now they're supplementing with the 2170. So they're going to use the 4680s. And as that gets better and better, that's great. But they need the 2170s to really push Austin to, to get going because that was the backup plan. And they were just slow on it because what I was saying before, coming from China, they were stuck because of the lockdown. They could not get the, but they didn't have the batteries. So they were stuck. And that's why you saw such a slow start to Austin because they just didn't have the batteries. And well, the thing is that aren't they software limiting 4680 anyways at this point for those cars that are produced? So they, we're not seeing the true value, the true potential for this. And so only until they create the, the 4680 variants next year that can show extended range or lower pricing or something like that, then we're really not well, going to see its true value, right? They're selling the ones that they've got the way they've got them. So that it's still, it's still, and they're might, I'm sure they're making a profit on it. You know, in the long run, they're, they're selling it at lower than their cost of making them. So they're already there. The, the, the theory that they're software locked, that, that there's actually more range in the vehicle than, than they're selling it with right now is that uh, video that, I don't know if it's a video or a tweet from Ryan from kilowatts mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. that it charged faster than they expected. And that, that would suggest that it didn't really go to zero and it didn't really go to a hundred when they charged it because the charge is really slow and you get close to a hundred. So if the hundred is actually like 10, 10 kilowatt hours higher than what they showed. Then, then at some point they could offer a software unlock for $5,000 and you get an extra, you know, 10% range out of the vehicle, you know, over 300 miles. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I like that hypothesis because these are tabless cells, right? The 4680s are tabless, meaning that there is less, restriction i mean you can you can shove more amperage through the entire cell because it's not all going through a single small tab right but the, the slow the slowdown is because the to use drew's uh description of 46 of, of batteries in a nickel-based cell the bookshelf starts to get full and it's harder for the ions to find their way into the bookshelf so they have to slow down so it's a chemistry thing with the battery not a question of supplying enough power to get the stuff in it's it, to get this uh, the ions in it's just you have to slow down because otherwise you're going to you're, you're going to wreck the bookshelf if you try to cram the ions in too fast you're going to destroy the battery's capacity if you try to cram the energy in too fast so if they're really only charging to 90 percent of real capacity then it would be a lot faster at the top end that's the theory are they the same chemistries? I thought they also changed chemistry as well. Well, they're nickel-based chemistry, and when limiting factor tore down with Shirley Mung, when they when they tore down the 4680 cell, it appeared to be nickel mang 811 nickel manganese cobalt, which is roughly similar to what they're using. It's if you have a nickel-based chemistry, you have this issue. If you have a lithium ion, a lithium iron phosphate-based chemistry, I think you still have the issue that it slows down as it gets closer to 100. Um, but there, I know there's some variation there, but it's not like they're using a lithium iron phosphate. They, they are supposedly working on getting to a non-cobalt chemistry for 4680, but it appears they're not there yet. Oh, I see. Yeah, I was, I was under the assumption that the cobalt was going away with the 4680. So the software lock could have something to do with just testing these new batteries, you know? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. they're still like working on these and... And, and, pro and production and, you know, Elon always talks about production hell and I'm sure they're running into issues and they may want to just be like, hey, let's just not run these batteries too, too hard at first. You know, let's, let's get some data after some data. Maybe they'll be like, okay, we got like 
3% more now, you know, and then, all right, you can have 2% more, you know, and they'll just keep up. I don't know. It's just an, just a thought on it. I, th- I think you're right. Yeah. Okay. So my point is that 4680, it's obviously a big deal for nerds like us, but it's not going to impact anybody until people see extended range or reduction in price or something significant. Um, truly no, come I, in right I, I now and not see that. I don't agree with that. They are okay. selling... They are selling everyone they make at the current range at the current price. So they, it's better if it has more range or it has a lower price. The real question is, can they produce them in volume? Because if there's enough demand for those vehicles, then it doesn't matter whether they have more range or they have a lower price. It matters whether they have enough vehicles they can sell them to customers who want to buy them. Yeah, but there's no benefit to the stock or to the sales. Benefit to the stock if they sell more cars. Yeah, but they can't sell more cars because they they already can't sell more cars. Are you? Oh, you're saying that because of four six eighty, they can produce more cars. Just the fact that it's if you can produce more cars, they can sell more cars. The only thing holding them gotcha. back from selling more cars is producing more okay. cars. That's a good point. That's a good. It's point. not about price. It's not about range. It's it's look. It's, we all we're the forty six eighty junkies. We want to see the four the three hundred eighty mile range Model Y, right? Yeah. We want to see the we want to see the I want to see the 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 ludicrous Y. Right with 380 miles of range and a zero to 60 in three seconds and 100 and 100 kilowatt hour pack or something like that. I, that's what I want to see. But from a from a business standpoint, if they can sell vehicles with a 69 kilowatt hour pack for the same price as a vehicle with an 82 kilowatt hour pack, that costs them less to make, and they can sell it in high volume. As a shareholder, I love that. They can make more cars with less batteries. Or yeah, okay. Uh, B, did you want to say something? Join in the conversation. I was really just going to say that the um, he made a Elon made a comment a while ago about the thirty one flavors or thirty two flavors of battery chemistries, and uh, I really think that they're like op- op- they're optimizing in several different ways. So, like if there's a constraint on a certain type of material, I think they'll have an optimiz- an optimized battery chemistry for that. I think that uh, they'll have a one that's going to be super cheap to manufacture in volume. They'll have one that's super high performance. I think they're going to have like uh, way more. Like I think the 4680 as a form factor is different than the chemistries that we're going to be putting into it, which I think there's going to be a bunch. Well, they're going to be they're going to be updating the chemistry in the 4680 once they're able to manufacture at scale with the 4680. Then they're going to they're probably going to use Fremont to experiment with different chemistries to see if they can get a better result out of the chemistries and then transport that chemistry to the other uh, cell factories in Berlin and in Texas. But, you know, it's an interesting, when you brought that up, I really took heart of that. I thought that moment was really important when Elon talked about the 31 flavors. The the hard part is this. Yeah. It's 32 flavors. Don't you guys have Baskin and Robbins in Atlanta? So the problem is that what it would be a lot easier from a manufacturing perspective if you only had two or three chemistries. The problem is that there isn't a sufficient supply of the battery materials to be able to just ram one chemistry out there. You need to use lithium iron phosphate because there isn't enough nickel. And then when you're using nickel, you know, you can't use the high nickel for everything because you got to spread your nickel out. So you got to use some, you know, lower, somewhat lower nickel things so you can produce more, more cells. And um, and then Drew was talking about going to sodium ion batteries for, you know, grid storage. If somebody can come up with a good solution for sodium ion, it's like anything that will generate more battery materials means more vehicles and more products produced. So 
I don't like, think they're expected to, to they, they, Elon, from a manufacturing perspective, you'd like to have, you know, one or two chemistries, but from a supply of materials, you want whatever you can get. True. I, I was also thinking like, they'll probably have multiple uh, LFP chemistries based on like one for, uh, you know, storage in, uh, in Tesla uh, wall packs and things like that versus one in an LFP uh, Model Y, for instance. You know, they'll both be LFP, but one will be a little bit more high uh, energy density. Yes, and I think I think CATL just announced a new battery pack that gets more energy density out of LFP, not out of the cell itself, but out of the way they build the pack. And also, I think they announced, <clears throat> was it CATL? I thought it was CATL that they've got a new pack that might be using a nickel-based cell, which I don't think CATL was doing nickel-based cells much before. And that pack has a higher... Uh, ener uh, energy density at the pack level than I think current Tesla battery packs have. So there's a lot of innovation still going on in the battery space. So we're going to see more change coming in the future on that. I'm more okay. excited about the 4680 manufacturability, like the way that they were comparing it to the Coca-Cola bottling and, and uh, uh, was it paper, like uh, newspaper printing? Like I want to see at, at full speed ahead what what kind of quantity of cells that can pump out out of a factory that's going to be very interesting yeah well you know 100 gigawatt hours of cells is a lot of is a lot of vehicles and maybe they maybe that's like i i still think they're sandbagging when they say that but you you have to get the nickel to support it you have to get yeah. all the raw materials to support those, those that too it's it's like we thought manufacturing was the problem then it turns out that uh that supply is the supply chain is the problem it's always a new problem Okay. Thank you so much, B. It says that you're from Atlanta, but do I detect a Canadian accent? I don't think so. My parents are from Chicago, but uh, I've lived in Atlanta <laughs> okay. all my life. I'm a, I'm a Canadian myself, so I, uh, that was a mistake. Thank you. <laughs> it's more non-regional, <laughs> I guess. Uh, okay. It sounds like you guys are all nerds. I'm, I think Lincoln and I are the only cool guys on the call here today, so... Lots of nerds. Yeah, I'm pretty. No, cool. I'm, I'm I, don't mean, I, don't know, I don't know much about batteries. What do you mean, Lincoln and you? It's just Lincoln. He's the only cool one. Thank you, Warren. All right. I'll, I'll Venmo right. you later. <laughs> All right. Next uh, milestone here is FSD wide release. So I thought that the definition of this is pretty straightforward. It is when FSD beta is no longer requested, but rather it's automatically available as an option for all FSD buyers. If you have a subscription or you have, you've gone for the monthly, you have the ability to just toggle on FSD. But some people are saying well, that's FSD beta, not FSD. Um, so I'm a little confused with that. But if FSD goes wide release somewhere in Q4, is that a catalyst? Is that an important milestone for the company? I don't I know that that would be an immediate mile, like immediate impact. Um, I think when you get more and more people experiencing it, though, then, well, it depends on how good we are, right, at that point. It depends on if Elon's two weeks thing, you know, every two weeks if we get these updates, then then maybe we'll get to a place where it won't freak other people out, you know, like, because right now it doesn't it doesn't freak me out. I'm, I'm a nerd. A lot of us, we, we enjoy it, but I think it freaks out a lot of people. But I just think if you get a lot of those people, if you get more people experiencing it and it, and it's working really well, then then I think, it, I don't know that it would make an immediate impact, but 
Uh, although I guess we could take, I guess it, then they can take all that income, right? Is that true? I don't know if they can take that as income at that yes, point. They, 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 recognize, yeah. they recognize the revenue that they haven't recognized yet. Well, then that would be big. Yeah. Yeah. That's a huge part because once they get the FSD, it gets better and better, better. People want to try it. They could either do the subscription, which is, you know, recurring revenue over and over again, or they'll get the full package. Right. And the more they get of that, that goes right to the bottom line because it's all just, you know, it's all margin. And that's great. And as it gets better and better and better, you're just going to see more people opt into it. So it might take a quarter or two to bleed sure. through the financials, but you'll get there. And I, I just want to say, as someone who drove FSD beta for several months and is now trapped back and navigate on autopilot or whatever we're calling the non-beta FSD, um, I think that FSD beta is already ready for wide release, that it's already significantly better than navigate on autopilot. Navigate on autopilot is really, really frustrating to drive. Three, three big things about Navigate on Autopilot or whatever we're calling the non-beta FSD are it limits you to five miles an hour over the limit on a lot of roads or in some roads it doesn't even know the speed limit so it's annoying there and a lot of roads it won't drive on. I won't drive on a road without it without a center line which beta will. Um, it won't it, it slows down for green lights which is really annoying. You have to tap the accelerator pedal to tell it to go and it won't make turns um, which is just it's just as someone who drove beta, I'm like, boy, this is shit. <laughs> this is shit software. So I don't think it's going to be you have the option of opting into the, the FSD beta. It's like once it goes to wide release, Navigate on Autopilot goes away. Everyone who has FSD gets FSD. Yeah, uh, Omar from Hold Mars Catalog was saying that theoretically, they could just make a wide release today because they already have 200,000 people in the beta program you know, they've already reduced the safety score requirement to like some people are saying 87. I think we heard somebody say, I, I don't remember that one, but I think it's under like 90s. Yeah, I heard I heard below 90s. Yeah. So theoretically, they can just do this at this point. So I, it's like a, it feels like a non it's not really a milestone. It sounds good, but not really. You know. It's kind of marketing well, are they, thing. Are they letting yeah. new people in or are they still waiting for those windows? Because. I don't know if you, if you go in and subscribe, like you're not going to get it until there's like another wave. I don't think that they're right. continually adding people. Well, right. I, it's still a beta. I've had my car for four weeks. I have a 97 safety score and I don't have it yet. So yeah. I don't have it yet. And I've had mine for six weeks and I don't have it yet either. Yeah, it's a beta. There's a list. There's, there's waves. That's right. But yeah. um but if they once they do now this this million user Elon had said that he he's, he's expecting a million users by the end of the year. I'm not sure how he calculates that. <laughs> and the only way that I can see him doing that is that if he's if they give the FSD uh, becomes wide release and they let you have one month free, then maybe you might get a million users. But if you're expecting payment of subscription or the license, I don't know if you're going to get a million. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty addicting. Um, uh, a free trial, like even if it was for a day, you'd probably hook so many people. Um, and also, if if NOA, the old legacy autopilot, does go away, I mean, the FSD software still needs the ability to be restricted and not make the turns. And, you know, like it needs the to pair with the functionality that you are Wait, subscribing why would you, to. Why would you want it to not make turns? 
Because they haven't paid for it, but they paid for base autopilot, right? Oh, base autopilot would stay base autopilot. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying people who paid for FSD will either get the full FSD or they'll get they'll they'll get the full FSD and that's it. There there won't be an option of having something between full FSD and autopilot. Yeah, I mean, like the right now, the software probably doesn't have the ability to restrict like that. Like they still need to uh, kind of I don't know polish the edges like add that missing functionality no but we already have like i have i have more feature more functionality on my vehicle that has fsd than a car with autopilot or enhanced autopilot has so warren what's going on is and we did i know we talked about this a little bit last night but from my understanding i think this is solid you guys can confirm or not is that when you pay for fsd um and you don't have your safety score you're not in beta yet all they're doing is taking the NOA, Nebula Autopilot, and they're just like enabling, they're enabling autopilot in city streets, but they just won't turn or change lanes. It'll just stop at stoplights, but it's not the full self-driving beta. It's a totally different, it's just autopilot. It's just lane holding. And they're just adding a few features to make us feel better, Warren, I think. That's what I understand. Because if you take full FSD and you're going straight down the road, it won't, I'm pretty sure it will not act the same as, it won't act the same as autopilot that we have right now. And I don't feel better. (laughs) Yeah, I know. All right. Okay. I also think that FSD, you guys were mentioning earlier that they can recognize the revenue, but isn't it kind of like a small rounding error? It's not going to be material to margins. I don't. I think it's. I think the revenue recognition is a significant number, but I think Wall Street and 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 everybody, including myself, has already priced that in. It's the, yeah. it's in the it's in the cash pile already. So what difference does it make whether you recognize the revenue? There you go. That's what I was looking for. Okay. The next one, and this is uh, my guess that I believe that before the end of the year there will be a partner that will come out and say that we will have a supercharger in every one of our locations. And I'm saying over a hundred sites. So we know that Tesla partnered with a a retailer called Globus uh, in Europe, in Germany. They installed 612 supercharger stalls at 51 stores. And, uh, you know, they they partnered with Bucky's. And years ago, they made an announcement with with Target, which just, you know, one one supercharger station in every store. There's 45 Target stores in 45 cities. But I I just feels like there's going to be a big announcement. Somebody like a Walmart or a, you know, like a Starbucks, probably the best example. A McDonald's. Every McDonald's will now have a supercharger there. So then it just solidifies in everybody's head. Oh, I need to charge. I just go to so McDonald's. Um, there should be a race, and there should be somebody going to announce that. So what's your what's great. you guys thinking? Yeah. That'd be great. Are you going by anything on that, or is that just kind of your your hope and guess? I am hoping guessing. But I feel like I'm not going after anything except that what I just said, that they've already made that announcement with uh, Globus. Right. And it just seems like it's a missed opportunity for a retailer if they don't come out now and say, we're going to do this. I agree. I think that'd be awesome. I I didn't even thought about that, Herbert. I think that's a great idea. I think Starbucks having destination chargers, you know, they don't, you don't need full 250 kilowatt superchargers at Starbucks. If you had like 50 kilowatt chargers or even 32 kilowatt chargers even 10 honestly 10 kilowatt chargers just regular destination chargers at starbucks and you deployed those all around the place that would be phenomenal 
I disagree. I disagree with Warren. Yeah. I feel the opposite. I think you need the exactly. 250 because you, you go to there and you get a coffee and you're not there yeah. long at all. I mean, I know you work there, yeah. Warren, but most people don't work there, you know, like maybe sometimes, <laughs> but like you, no, you'd no, have to sit there a long time and people there. do not sit at Starbucks long. No, but you're missing it. You're missing it. If, if it's only 10 cents a kilowatt hour instead of 40 cents a kilowatt hour, right? And you, the, the, from Starbucks perspective, they don't want you to just zip in, get a coffee and get out. They want you to hang out. They mm. want to encourage you to stay. But if you have, a, if they're at every Starbucks, then you go to Starbucks every day and you, I mean, yeah, I think what you're, first of all, if you're just popping into Starbucks to getting a coffee and you're going through the drive-thru, you're not stopping at a charger no. anyway. That's right. Yeah. But if you're, and don't forget though, don't, yeah, don't forget that we're talking about a supercharger Tesla, but th at that point, they would open it up to any EV car as well. That's true. So another thing I'm thinking though is like, okay, I got, I got my CCS adapter, right, from Korea. It's Tesla made. It is Tesla made. And I have two rest. I have two grocery stores nearby. They offer high-speed um, charging, level three charging. And I'm not going to go anywhere else to shop because I can get a full charge, depending on how low I am, in under an hour. And it's freaking awesome. So it's like going, the guys going out to like, the people going out and getting gas are paying 100 bucks. I'm getting money and like, so I'm walking out with $40 worth of free groceries or something, you know, it's kind of like that. And it's amazing. And I am motivated. I, why would I shop anywhere else? So if they can put those in, but I think if they put those at other places where maybe you spend like a half hour or more, I think that would be, that would be better. So go ahead, I have a compromise. They, they offer both fast charging and slow charging and the slow charging costs less. The slow charging is, free. is 15 cents a kilowatt hour and the fast charging is 30 cents a kilowatt hour. And if you're free, in a yeah, like you, the you get the 30 cents and I, I can, I can hang out at Starbucks and get my, my charging cheaper. Yeah. I've um, all the grocery stores in my town and it's not a very big town, like, eh, but all the Safeways, all the Albertsons, um, Fred Meyer is the one with quick charging, but they don't actually have slow chargers, but these slow chargers are actually free through Volta. Um, and I've, I mean, it's not, I'm not getting a full charge, but I'm getting free electricity however long it takes to take grocery shop, and that, which is convenient. I think that um, Milliways might kind of be a missing piece here too. I mean, like, I think that, I don't know if Tesla would partner with someone like McDonald's or like a, a unhealthy fast food joint. I think Milliways is going to become a Who is like, Milliways? healthy what you don't know what Millie? No, no. Okay, so Millie Ways is the restaurant at the end of the universe um, from Douglas Adams' books. Uh, oh, gotcha. Hitchhiker's okay. Guide to the Galaxy. So Millie Ways is what Tesla seems to have adopted for their um, restaurant brand. So you think they're going to um, create their own chain retail chain? Uh, no, they've already. Well, think about the one they're making in like, right. Santa Monica, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, they they're totally going to do that. They're, they're totally going to have their own fast food restaurant chain. That's why they applied for trademarks and you know are building one. They're proving <laughs> it out. It's That's a lot of capital, Ash. That's a lot of capital and work to do. No, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's it's like you don't have to necessarily do much for it. You just have to find the right contractors to, to build these locations and to hire out. I and mean, what if you have Tesla bots, you have Tesla bot minimum wage workers. Um, I think the goal, the value add for society is cheap, fast food that is uh, healthy. I think that like, sure, we might have 
I think we have a lot of expensive fast food, and I don't think any of it's really healthy. Like Taco Bell is probably the closest. Fight me if if it's run by Elon's brother, then I agree with you. That could be. But remember, but remember, it could be McDonald's. He said he would do a commercial eating what was it a Big Mac at McDonald's if they would accept Dogecoin, right? So (laughs) yeah. All right. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to do that. Okay. And Wawa, I think they got some deal with Wawa. All right, Christian, you're going to owe me another dinner when Supercharger Partner over Man, I'm going to go broke, Herbert. I'm going broke. <laughs> you're going to be so rich by Q4, buddy. And, uh, by the jump in the price after the investment. <laughs> okay. Yeah, hello, everyone. Uh, I just would hey, like okay. to add, yeah. yeah, I would like to add one thing. Like, um, this long weekend, we draw, like, you know, one of place nearby, you know, very popular place nearby highway. And... Uh, Regarding, like, you know, since you were talking about, like, you know, any particular, uh, you know, that franchise, you know, they can have partnership with, you know, this uh, supercharger yeah. uh, with Tesla. But I noticed that, you know, right now uh, there, there is a place nearby this highway. It, it does not have only one place, but they, they have multiple things in this shopping area. And uh, I was there like a couple of uh, weeks before it wasn't there anything. And uh about three days back it was like you know about 10 to 12 uh tesla charging station was installed already you know it it was there and i know it's it's very popular place around this area so i think uh they are picking up some places you know they people can get access very quickly during that trip and you know like most popular place nearby their area yeah, I'm not sure your point because we all know this, right? The Tesla superchargers are being placed in in locations like this. They're going to continue doing that, but I just think that there's a partner that will step up, just like, um, just like we had. Oh, it's not similar, but basically the ride sharing company. Uh, sorry, the rental company Hertz. You know, huge mindshare, great commercials, huge impact in their stock when they when they partner and they associate themselves with Tesla. Yeah, it's not going to be fast food. Remember, I really do. They do. I hope they do something like that. I think it would be awesome. Yeah. Because when I talk to people, their first question is, "How do you charge? What did you run out? Blah 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 blah." And they're like all really worried about this. When everyone who owns one doesn't worry about that crap barely, because it, it's not an issue. Like, so I think having more and the idea of having these these everywhere would be huge. That's all. I, I do think it would be big and for just, just public. And just having your head knowing right away, oh, if I go to any McDonald's, they will have a supercharger. That's just an easy way to know where I go. Um, okay, the next one we have is Tesla Semi. So we know that this is not going to be produced until next year. And but we've been seeing, hearing mega mega packs for Pepsi. We've been kind of seeing one or two Tesla Semis here and there. So I have a kind of milestone here that maybe by the end of the year, there'll be 25 delivered. I kind of talked to some people and that they thought that that's very likely that they would have an expanded pilot before the next year where they have full production, full sales. But, you know, by the end of the year, they should have 10, 10 to 25 Tesla semis being tested in the roads. What's your thought on that? Is that a likelihood? Is that a good milestone to have or is that unlikely? They're already testing more than that number that, that are in Tesla's custody. What? And it's a mega charger, not a mega pack. Yeah, Sorry. Alex. We have a friend, Alex, who's 
who test drives semis for Tesla. Yes, I've never heard him say that there's more than 25 out there. No, I said more than 10. Yes. Okay, there's more than 10 that's being tested as a beta testing, but in the hands of a customer like Pepsi actually using it as a test uh, pilot. I don't think so. Mm. Not in the yeah. hands of customers, yeah. I think Pepsi will get them. I mean, we were talking about Q1, the Pepsi CEO said that Right. They were looking forward to getting them. So I think by the end of the year, Pepsi could have four or five or even 10 of these things. It's a, it's, a, it's in the beginning stage here. So we're in the small, you know, it's like, I don't think it's going to make much of a difference, like in public eye or anything, you know, you're going to have to start seeing these around. And it, It's more of a psychological it, thing. Yeah, psychologically. Yeah. Once we get them out there, I think, Next year, you know, hopefully, you know, because they are testing, they're testing these like crazy, like, you know, as Warren was talking about. And it's like, hopefully, hopefully they're getting all the data they need and they can just start pumping these out. I don't know. Do we even know where they're building them? Are they going to build them? I think they're going to build them in Austin. They're going to build them in Austin. They have a factory in Sparks and Nevada that they've already built for it, but they may, they may still build them in Austin. Okay. All right, guys, let's but, end with a... Sorry, somebody else was going to say something? Oh, I was going to say something real quick. Remember, remember visuals, guy. Visuals are very important. Imagine a, a Tesla Semi. You know, I don't know if they do a demo or something, and the Semi is driven by a person, and then you have two or three autonomously following. Right. Like, exactly. you can envision something like that. And, and it's a psychological thing, right? Humans are very simple creatures, and when they see visuals like that, they get very excited. So it just could be a glimpse of the future. I agree. That's why I put it there. I think it's going to happen. Another dinner, buddy. Okay, so big, big topic. <laughs> a big topic we can end on is uh, gigafactories. So I've been saying for a while now that you know this is the you know we're going to hear his um, master plan part three. He's talking about extreme scale. I don't think that they're going to announce only one or two new gigafactories, and I'm not talking about. Uh, I don't. I'm not saying just brand new locations. I'm saying that they should. This includes expansions of locations. So we've already heard them say that Shanghai is going to be expanded, Berlin's going to be expanded. There's probably going to be an announcement that they're going to have a brand new gigafactory in Texas. We've heard rumblings that there's, you know, the prime the president of Indonesia is courting them. And so I think that it's not going to be just two new locations, but there could be three or four by the end of the year. What's everybody's uh, expectations or prediction on this? Panasonic is building a, a 4680 cell factory outside Osaka. I say there's going to be a Giga Osaka. And they're going to announce it by the end of the year? Uh, by the end of this year, no. So what will they announce at the end of this year? Because they he, they mentioned in Q1, they said that uh, we'll announce them near the end of the year because right, we're still striking the deals. I, in my opinion, real quick, I th I know he did say by the end of the year they would have an announcement. It, it could be just one. And you got to remember, we just opened two new factories that were just literally trying to ramp so they got their hands full right and we got that little we got the additional in china so there's a lot of things happening right now so if they even just came up with one place or or, or maybe two that they 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 put in but the actual place i don't know i think america would be another great place 
remember Europe and 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 or and Asia with Shanghai, you know, that area is kind of being take care, taken care of. And, and the volumes of EVs percent wise is high in America. We're still lagging the world at you know, a few percent of our cars or EVs. So I think there could be another one, maybe in North Carolina, something on the East coast, just easier delivery up and down the coast. I don't have the exact location, but I think East coast would be a great spot for another gigafactory. Okay, well, I very much disagree with you. Violently disagree with you. It's not going to be just one. <laughs> it's going to be three or four. So you owe me a dinner. I will owe you dinner if it's not three. Yeah, you got that, Christian. I think you're going to win that. But but remember, I'm also counting expansions. So I'm going to see one in Texas. It's going to be announced one in Indonesia and then one in another location. Okay. As an example. It's, I it's, it's extreme I scale. Elon, yeah, extreme scale, true. But Elon, after these two factories, this this is nearly going to kill him getting these two factories up and going. I think that he wants to take a little bit of a break. I think he'll announce one, nope. but I don't no. think he wants to do three factories at once. I just it don't think a he break. Nobody's not going to take a break. Okay. No, not okay. a break. He's going to get these ones that are already just starting. He's going to focus on them and get them where he wants them. And then he'll do extreme scale in the next, okay, you know. This is just an announcement. This is just saying we struck a deal. It's going to take a year or two to build. They're going to do it this year, okay? Awesome. Okay, well, thank you, everybody. This was a fun call. Really appreciate everybody joining in. Uh, please follow the speakers. Uh, we do this every Tuesdays. Um, we talk about Tesla stock and the, the, um, the economy. And then on Thursdays, we choose different topics. Thank you, everybody. Looking forward to seeing you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thanks, Robert. See you guys.